Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. Throughout your real estate career, you're going to have to work with legal professionals, and they're not all the same. Today, we're going to get some timeless wisdom from an attorney who's been practicing more than 60 years. Today, on the Real Estate Guys radio program. Stop for a moment. Why are you listening to this show? Are you dreaming of a bigger, brighter financial future? More personal freedom to live life on your own terms? What if there was just one skill that could make it happen? There is. Sales. Robert Kiyosaki says every entrepreneur must be good at sales. It's true for investors too. Sales is how you attract money, people, and opportunities. Sales is the skill used to negotiate deals and lead your team. Sales skills are essential to success. The good news is, it's a learnable skill. The great news is, we've created a two-day interactive workshop to teach those skills to you. Make plans today to attend How to Win Funds and Influence People, Mastering the Art of Financial Selling. For dates and details, send an email to sales at realestateguysradio.com or visit realestateguysradio.com and look under events. Gain the skills you need to succeed. Email sales at realestateguysradio.com or look under the events tab at realestateguysradio.com. Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Joining me as usual, co-host financial strategist, Russell Gray. Hey, Robert. We are in the center of the real estate world, Manhattan in New York City. Yes, we are. And it's always a fun place to come here. You know, New York has such a storied history in the world of finance, especially, right? It's one of the, it arguably is the uh, global financial center, the power center of all types of things economic. So it's a fun, fun place to be. Absolutely. And we've got a, a great, great guest for you today. We flew all the way to New York for you to meet him and are excited about that. As we go around this great city, there is so much real estate here. Yeah, New York is really an interesting place. It's a big island and very limited. You know, when way back in the day, uh, Oscar Goodman, who was the mayor of Las Vegas at the time during the big high-rise boom in Las Vegas, was talking about the Manhattanization of Las Vegas. And right. it was the idea that real estate would become so scarce because it, it, there was so much demand that the only way you could go was vertical. And of course, that develops its whole own personality and lifestyle. I mean, you know, the idea, even in places like California, one of my favorite development projects is called Santana Row in Silicon Valley. And remember when that project first came out, and you're talking about a location where everything was kind of sprawling and wide open and big parking lots and low, low profile structures. And then all of a sudden they came in with this mixed use where it's kind of, you know, shops on, on the ground and residential upstairs and small streets. And people think, Oh, why would anybody want to do that? Well, there's a vibrancy that comes when you condense a lot of people in a small amount of space. And so if you've never experienced New York City, it is really a unique experience. I mean, you got people everywhere all the time on top of each other. The hotel rooms are tiny. The streets are crowded. You know, you look across the way and you look into the windows of the offices and everything is just piled on top of everything. Everybody is just used to being in a very cluttered, compact, noisy space and they thrive in it. It's a lot of fun, a lot of energy. Absolutely. And there's just so much to learn in this town because a lot of the players are here, right? And not just from finance, but from real estate and lots of other industries. So uh, we don't have much to say at the front end 
end of the day show other than to uh, tell you that we're going to spend some time with an amazing attorney, an amazing guy today. We had an opportunity through a, a friend uh, to meet George Ross, and uh, he, of course, is probably best known as being uh, Donald Trump's right-hand guy for many, many, many years. You've seen him on The Apprentice. He's written several books. But at his core, he is a competent real estate attorney that doesn't just practice law, but really has assumed a much bigger role in terms of being a confidant and a consultant for huge real estate developers. In New York, real estate is a unique animal, just like we talked about, right? From the construction aspect, but also from the negotiation aspect. Think about the personality of New York. Think about the huge amounts of monies involved. Think about the logistics and all the moving parts. Think about the regulatory environment of New York. I mean, there's so many things that go on when you do these mega projects and even smaller projects. I mean, there's even if you would think of like a little infill project in a place like New York, there's just a lot of things you have to take into consideration. You do environmental studies on a piece of property that's had stuff on it for 100 years, 200 years. I mean, this isn't like going out in the country somewhere and you buy a plot of land that's never had anything on it. You build something. These are things where there's stuff in the ground, there's history, there's existing infrastructure, there's all kinds of easements and relationships. Very, very complex from a deal, from a construction, from a negotiation and from a legal standpoint. And a guy like George Ross is the guy that took a very young Donald Trump, 27 years old, when he did his first mega project and kind of helped him negotiate and navigate all of that. And of course, over the years, 40 plus years together, those guys went on and built huge projects and made a huge impact in New York City. And George Ross was kind of the wind underneath Donald Trump's wings, if you will, the guy helping him put those deals together. And the key is you got to have a great team and to have the honor of being a guy's right hand man. Not for one decade, not for two decades, not for three decades, four decades plus. That's remarkable, and he's a remarkable guy. You're going to love meeting him. When we come back, you'll meet New York attorney George Ross today on the Real Estate Guys radio program. Live nationwide, you're listening to the Real Estate Guys. Find out more at realestateguysradio.com. Are you ready to profit in paradise? Hi, it's Robert Helms. And if you think real estate investing means tenants, toilets, and termites, think again. Located just a short plane ride from the U.S., a virtually untouched paradise awaits. The beautiful country of Belize. When you go to Belize with the Real Estate Guys, you'll spend four fabulous days discovering one of the most intriguing real estate markets I've ever seen. With its jungle rainforests, pristine beaches, and 81-degree turquoise water, Belize is one of the most beautiful places on Earth. Plus, it's considered one of the top seven tax havens in the world. Belize property is on the rise, and many experts think the best is yet to come. But don't just take my word for it. Come experience Belize firsthand at our upcoming investor field trip. When you join us, you'll discover the many reasons we love Belize, like tremendously undervalued beachfront land, super low taxes, ease of doing business, and so much more. Get the details at realestateguysradio.com. Just click on events. See paradise for yourself. Click events at realestateguysradio.com, and I'll see you in beautiful Belize. Hello, this is Robert Kiyosaki. I'm the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And if you're serious about learning how to invest in real estate, listen to the real estate guys. They really know what they're talking about. Welcome back to the Real Estate Guys radio program. Heard every weekend on this great radio station all the time at realestateguysradio.com. If you're in real estate long enough, you're going to need an attorney and not just any attorney, but a good attorney that knows something about real estate. But we searched the globe to find uh, probably uh, the most notable real estate attorney you'll never believe who we ran into. Let's welcome to the Real Estate Guys show. 
George Ross. How are you, sir? I'm fine. How are you doing? Really good. good. Great to have you on the program. And a lot of folks might know this, but you actually have a background in radio. Yes, I do. That's well, background. I not. I was never on the air. Right. At this point, but I figured radio was a good media, a good place to be, and invest some money. So I invested some money, and I was in it for 20 years, and uh, got out when I should have gotten out, and made a lot of money. I was good. You were on the right end of radio. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good stuff. Well, let's talk about uh, your background. Uh, 60 years as an attorney seems like forever. Uh, it is forever. <laughs> it is. When you, uh, you know, you started out, how, how did you gravitate towards the real estate side of law? Well, the real estate side of law was a fluke. When I got out of law school, and I, applied, I wanted to work in a law office. And I applied for a job, and it happened to be in a law firm that was a real estate law firm. And that's where it started. Just so It could have did. been, that's where it is. It was there and grew up from there and then figured this was something that was very interesting and there was a lot of money involved in real estate, and it just gravitated from there. Now, tell the story of uh, working with Mr. Goldman for many, many years. You took his portfolio from a few properties to a whole bunch of properties. 17 to 702. Wow. Yes, in 10 years. In 10 years. Yeah. Goldman and Lorenzo were unusual at that point. They had an unlimited amount of money. And at the time, from 1956 to 1966, they were real estate in New York. If a, if a deal came up, they had it, if yeah. they wanted it. And if they wanted it, I got it for them. And they were not anxious buyers. So that they, they said, here the terms. If you get it our way, do it. If you don't get it our way, forget it. Go on to the next. And I learned an unbelievable learning experience, and that is that lawyers don't know the first thing about real estate. Wow. Not the business of real estate, they know the law. But you don't know how a businessman thinks about it. Are we talking about return? Are we talking about selling, flipping? Are we talking about refinancing? Or, or Didn't know any of that. And now I had an opportunity to learn from two multimillionaires to make it very successful as to how they could grow their empire. And I became a part of it and after 10 years of intensive experience, I went back into the practice of law, built a major law firm doing real estate law, but now I was a unique character. I was a lawyer who knew the business, and I could make a business decision. So if a client says, do you think it's a good deal? I could say yes or no. Well, this is really interesting because so many people, they look to their attorney for legal advice. That's fine. And sometimes they get business advice, but to your point, most attorneys aren't really versed in Which that. is terrible. Right. You know, you go, you, you, how can you give somebody advice if you don't understand their business? And real estate is very intricate. And uh, negotiating, you're dealing, especially usually in big numbers, and it's, it's, different, it's a different process with different people. And I always objected when I found lawyers that give advice. They shouldn't be giving advice. They don't know the first thing about real estate. It, I'm, I'm talking about the business. Right. So when you negotiate with me, oh, you get a great set of documents. Everything is fine. Just, but... A, as far as uh, the intricacies and getting a better deal for your client or more money or figuring out the, the time and place and solving problems, most of them were inept. So, George, 700 transactions in 10 years. There must be a couple of good real estate stories in there. What, what kind of things did you learn in that point of your life? Everything. Everything. I learned, first of all, at this point, that they, what I learned was that when you're dealing in real estate of big dollars, you run into lawyers who are real sharpshooters. And they're, the, they're the great. They've got a great reputation. And for a young kid coming out without the reputation, I learned a lot because they took advantage of me. And I liked it. But I said, it's not going to happen again. And they'll fill in all the blanks. And at the end of 10 years, I could take advantage of all of them. So when I found something I liked that they did, 
that affected me, even adversely, I said, going to put that in my portfolio and I'll do it, do it the next time. And I learned how uh, a real estate transaction, it doesn't make a difference whether it's big or small, it's still real estate. Got more zeros, that's all. There's so many of the lessons that you talk about, a lot of case studies that you talk about. Yeah. There's great, tangible stuff that the guy who's buying his first investment property can, can learn it's from. It's the same. It doesn't change. Only the, only the, the exposure of the numbers. And what I also found out that uh, most people don't understand real estate. They think, oh, if you go in real estate, you're going to make a fortune. More fortunes were lost than ever made in real estate. If you don't know what you're doing, get out of it. And really hook up with some experts who can give you the, the information, the opinions you need. And over a period of time, if you have the wherewithal to last, you'll do better because you'll find out real estate will go up in value over a period of time. You just have to out, outride the cycles. You know, so, and I, I look at it differently. To me, God ain't making more real estate, people. What yeah. you got is what you got. Well, and you picked a market, you know, kind of the, the center of the real estate world. It is Manhattan, the center of the real estate. Right? That is. I definitely, that's the big league. Yeah. Without a doubt. So after 10 years there, what happened next? Where'd you go next? After 10 years that I was, uh, was, was there, then I had a very good partnership. I had a big law firm, a good law firm. We had 120 lawyers doing nothing but real estate. In a partnership, it's only as good as your partners, and my partners did some things I, did, I couldn't stomach. So I said, it's time for me to get out of that. Yeah. And I was being romanced by a very large real estate broker, Edward S. Gordon Company, probably the, certainly the biggest in New York, had major clients. And he said, come with me and you'll be my real estate consultant for all of my major companies, and offered me a pot full of money uh, to do it. And I said, okay, so I won't practice law. So I didn't practice law for 10 years. So this is a great distinction because what you're doing is you're providing business advice and insight on real estate deals, which you had certainly cut your chops on, yeah. right? But not technically practicing law. No, 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 I didn't practice law as such. And I didn't represent Donald. Uh, I mean, as a lawyer, although we go in contact because I knew any time he had a problem, he would bounce it off me or I'd bounce it him. And I kept in touch with him because I knew he was having some problems and I wanted to be available to him because he was very good when I was practicing, when practicing law, made a pot full of money from him. Then I, I got bored and it's like they, they finally figured out at the uh, real estate firm I was with, I was making too much money. Yeah. So I was making more money than a lot of the brokers. So they said, you ought to be a broker and I don't want to be a broker. At that point, I wanted to be a, a consultant and, and I got bored and I was planning on leaving, but I was still doing a couple things for Donald. He was having some problems. He said, George, how do we solve these problems? And I told him, if you need some legal help, uh, I could be available because I'm going to retire. He said, you don't want to retire. I said, no, I don't want to. No. He says, no, come with me and we'll, we'll have fun. We'll do things. We'll build buildings. It'll be exciting. And we did. In other words, it, it was a peculiar relationship. I was there because I wanted to be there. He wanted me there because of my experience and he could trust me. And we didn't have any, any strings attached. It. I could leave any time we wanted. He couldn't fire me because he never really hired me uh, at this. And uh, uh, I told him, if he, he gave me a lot of things to do, as my opinion on deals, and I would tell it like it is, as I saw it. And he would respect the opinion. He might not do it. It was his money, not mine. He right. could do it. But at least he knew he was getting an honest opinion. And that's what uh, made him very, very successful because we did some deals. Oh my goodness, yes. That were, were really, everybody said couldn't be done. And we did it. 
but how do we do it? How do we get around this hurdle and whatever it is? And, and what are the problems? And uh, yeah, it went from there to doing licensing and The Apprentice and all of that. And Donald, someone once asked me, what would you consider Trump's major best attribute? And I said, it's the ability to delegate wow. and get surround yourself with quality people. Tell them what you want. Let them run with the ball. Don't micromanage. And he never micromanaged. So uh, you could do a lot of deals, a lot of transactions if you're not personally involved. Well, it's interesting because obviously not too many bigger real estate guys, and we think of Donald Trump, and you were right there with so many of those deals. But when you talk about the stories, the, the case studies, if you will, yeah. the properties, yeah. there were often these unique uh, sets of problems that was kind of your job to go solve. Well, that's it, but that's what made it interesting. See, Donald never wanted the ordinary. His thought was, he started with the, with the Commodore Hotel, which would which he turned to Grand Hyatt. It was a rundown hotel. Nobody wanted it, none of the real estate people. He turned it into a top-notch hotel against everybody in real estate who said it couldn't be done. Right. And now it become classic. So he became known as the young upstart or will do something nobody else would do. That became his calling card. And he says, hey, that's nice. That's fun. Why, why be ordinary like everybody else? Why don't we do something that nobody else would do? So let me, if we were building a, a major building that's going to be a condo, condo, right? Let's buy it in the most expensive plot of land, make it higher. And then when everybody sells it for 4,000 a square foot, we'll sell it for 7,000 a square foot. Everybody said, can't do that. The market won't hold it. Oh, well. So he built something that would work. It became synonymous with luxury. He's a wonderful builder. And he knows how to attract people. So the prestige of being, with the Trump, being in a Trump building made it very successful. The same thing with his brand. He's got a suit. What's a Trump suit? Everybody's got a suit, but why would they buy a Donald Trump suit? Because it's Donald Trump. And he became, he became a brand. And of course, The Apprentice had a lot to do with it. And uh, so he said, hey, I, I want to do things that nobody else thinks could be done, and I'll make them work. And that was his uh, forte. Well, and the Commodore Hotel, he was like 27 years old. 27 years deal, old. Right? 27 years old, and no one said it could be done, including me. Yeah, well, that was one of the points, right? You talked about in, in the book you wrote about the real estate uh, yeah. strategies that you said it's probably not going to work, but I'm happy to help. Happy to help, yeah. It's, 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 I knew it was very difficult yeah. and uh, that it would be, but I asked him basically, do you have any idea how difficult this is going to be? He said, yeah, but I think I can do it. And he was so infectious at me. I got he had so much enthusiasm. Yeah, the Donald, I always say, if Donald tried to convince me that black was white, when I got through, it wasn't white, but it was a light shade of gray. <laughs> and he had the ability to convince people to do things that they ordinarily wouldn't do with his personality and also the idea that uh, it, it's a good thing to do. It's something unusual. So let's take the Commodore Hotel and we'll rebuild 42nd Street and Park Avenue and make the city better. Same thing we got now with, with, with what he's thinking about the government. You know, it's, he's always been doing something that's unusual. And that's his forte, and he loves it. He loves the challenge of doing something that nobody else would do the way he would do it. Well, there's probably not too many folks that have a, a longer-term business relationship than you do with Mr. Trump. And, you know, here he is uh, running for president of the United States. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about what you, just your opinion of his character. You've been around him in good times, bad times, all that kind of stuff. A lot of folks only, you know, see what they see on television. They don't see beyond that. But you, well, you know the man. Well, you see what you have, but television is a character, Jeff. 
That's all you see, because it's edited the way the people who are taking the taking the thing and they come out. They give you what they want or what they think you want. What is? No, as far as the character, I know as many good things about Donald and bad things. I know the man for forty-six years at this point, and an integrated. We were not friends. We never socialized. It was called there. He never had any investments with him, so we had a personal relationship of equals yeah. of uh, an understanding truthfulness or business or whatever. and I have never ever seen him do something that was outrageous I've seen him do negotiations that I thought that, that he's way out of bounds and shouldn't shouldn't go do it but he always would carry it up to the end up to the but never over the edge so when he had maximum leverage or maximum negotiation he'd go back and say okay now's the time to make a deal that's negotiation I've been teaching negotiation for years right. so we were I wrote two books on it so it was perfect. We could understand. I could understand what he was doing, and and, uh, and I could certainly help him. So knowing his negotiation style, knowing where he was was looking to go, it was easy for me to do that as a alter ego or a spokesman. So what Donald would do, he'd paint in broad, broad strokes and say, "Here's the deal I want to make," and then he, I'd be in the trenches there, basically doing the deal the way he wants it, and all the the, the, the negotiation, the hard negotiation, and it worked out fine. So. Does he have a ego as big as a house? No question at this point. He always has. Uh, does he have the tendency to exaggerate a hyperbole? Yes. So uh, whatever it is ends up might more than what it was. He, that's he's a showman, right? And you call that plus or a minus, whatever you want. He's a showman, but there is a reality and there's a substance there that he gets things done, and he knows when he's being when he's being a showman. So if you asked him if I if you went up to him and say Donald hey how much are you really worth he would know to a to pretty close to a penny <laughs> and it may be a little different than what you hear. Our guest today is George Ross, attorney and longtime consultant for Donald Trump and The Apprentice. We come back and we're going to talk about negotiation and you're going to have a chance to win one of his books on real estate trivia. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host Robert Helms. Real estate investment advice right in your mailbox. Sign up for the free Real Estate Guys newsletter at realestateguysradio.com. Hi, this is Patrick from Paradigm Life. I've recently written an ebook called The Perpetual Wealth Strategy. The ebook discusses one of the best investments, real estate, combined with a financial vehicle used by the wealthy, many U.S. presidents, famous actors, athletes, and even Houdini himself. You can download the ebook for free in the resources section on the Real Estate Guys Radio homepage. Don't wait, go download it now. Memphis is famous for being the home of the king of rock and roll, but it's also the king of cash flow. If you're looking for affordable cash flow properties, it's hard to beat Memphis. Get your portfolio rocking and more cash flowing your way by calling Terry Kerr at Mid-South Home Buyers. Terry's the king of turnkey properties. Contact Terry through the resource section at realestateguysradio.com. And be sure to order Terry's tips for turnkey rental property investing report. It's free. Just send your request to turnkey at realestateguysradio.com. Hi, I'm Mark Victor Hans. You're listening to The Real Estate Guys. If you want to expand your consciousness, expand your wealth, expand your future, and have more delight and excite in your future than in your past, keep listening to The Real Estate Guys. 
Welcome back to the Real Estate Guys radio program heard every week on this great radio station all the time at realestateguysradio.com. No matter how you're listening, we're glad that you are and very excited to have attorney George Ross with us today. Before we get back to the interview with George, it's time to play Real Estate Trivia, your chance to win a prize by knowing today's Real Estate Trivia question, which is a good one and the prize even better. We're giving away a copy of Trump Strategies for Real Estate written by George Ross and better yet signed by George Ross. An autographed copy can be yours if you know today's real estate trivia question. As soon as I give you the question here in a minute, you do your best to come up with the answer or make something up. Send it to us to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Trivia at realestateguysradio.com. The first person with the right answer is going to get the autographed copy of Trump Strategies for Real Estate by George Ross. Before we give you this week's question, last week it was our fun show from Freedom Fest. We didn't actually ask a trivia question, but the week before we did, here it was. What city was the first in the world to use electric streetlights? Well, believe it or not, Wabash, Indiana is the answer, and it started back on March 31st, 1880. Here's our real estate trivia question for this week. In addition to his worldwide real estate holdings, Donald Trump also owns a winery. Where is it located? Yep, where is Donald Trump's winery and what large area of real estate is it located? If you think you know or want to take a guess, send your best answer to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Include your name and the answer to the question, plus your physical mailing address, because we got to send you this book, Trump Strategies for Real Estate, signed by author and attorney George Ross. That's today's real estate trivia question. We're talking today with George Ross, who has been in business and real estate and the law for so many years. And and George, before the break, you talked about negotiation. And this is such a critical skill to get through life, let alone real estate. But uh, you've written a couple books on negotiation. Yes. You've been in the trenches negotiating for years. Give us some of the, the mindset behind approaching a negotiation. Well, the mindset approaching negotiation is, is very simple, but people don't do it. And that is, you have to learn as much as you can about the people you're negotiating with what they like, what they don't like, what they're impressed by. And you can do it now. You can Google them, you get the information, you can get, do all the background, do all the study, and then know what impresses them. What, that's negotiation. People will negotiate if they like you. If they don't like you, they're not gonna negotiate. They're just gonna say no. So you have to get to a level where they, they're comfortable with you and you're comfortable with them. Then you can do it. That's the first key to negotiation. Most people go to negotiations, here's what I want. Right. Go in negotiation and say to the other side, what do you want? And work from there. I think a lot of people assume a negotiation, especially if they haven't done it, is adversarial, but it's not. It shouldn't be. If it becomes adversarial, somebody gets hurt. Uh, the best negotiation is one where you, got, you didn't get what you wanted, but you got a, a deal you can live with. Right. That's the good negotiation. And you have left the door open that if you have to go back to the other side, they're willing to listen to you. And I said, the best real estate contract I've ever made is the one I throw in a drawer and never look at. Right. That's the one. But I can call the other side, call the lawyer and say, we've got a problem. What do we do now? That's, that's, that's the way to do it. And that's really, really the key to a good negotiation. And it's done over a period of time. It's not done. You can't do it fast, fast, fast. Well, that's a great point that you make, that this theory of the invested time. Can you speak to that? Yes. The invested time is a good theory. It's not a theory. It's a truism. And that is... The more time that somebody has invested in a, in a deal, the less likelihood they're going to give it up because they don't want that. I spent so much time, i got to get a result. Right. Well, a good negotiator 
What you do is let the other side spend all the invested time, and you go out and do what you're going to do with other deals. Get the other side to put their accountants to work, put their architects to work, whatever it is, spend a tremendous amount of time and money, and then when they're so involved, and you come back and negotiate your way ahead of it because they don't want to give up. You never were that involved. Right. So you could give up or not. You just didn't get, it, it wasn't a personal thing with you at that point, it was a business transaction, and that's important, keep it in perspective. So the invested time, that's a, that's, that's a fact. Well, I know, and you also talk a lot about how it's a relationship business, and you're yeah. often going to run into the same people, whether it's brokers or vendors, yeah. or, and you do want to keep the door open. You do want to keep the door open. And, the, and to establish a, a reputation you can live with. Uh, my reputation was I was tough, but you could make a deal with them. That's fine. Yeah. That's all. I don't want to be a pussycat by any means, and I want to know you can make a deal, yeah. That, uh, and that's how you make it. So the, you got it. So I always say to, to anybody, any lawyer that I dealt with, if you're, you want to know anything about me, speak to any of the lawyers in the industry. If they see, we'll see what they think. And I, I don't have anybody that's, you know, that's against me uh, that I know of. I mean, some of them are unhappy because I got a better result than they thought. But I don't think it's a, it, it works down to a personal thing or been, you know, anything along those lines. Well, quite the opposite. I think people respect you when you've gone through a negotiation in good faith on your side of the table yeah. and things work out as long as you were... And not only that, at the end you shake hands, we made a deal, and it's not what you want, not often good. Negotiation is not winning, it's making a deal. Yeah, good point. Yeah, let's talk a about the Apprentice. Did you think you were going to be on national television Never. when all this started? Never. I thought when it first started at this point, I came and I walked into Donald's office one day, and he, he had Mark Burnett there, and he told me he was planning on doing this re, this show, reality show, and he would like me to be a judge. He said, "Take you three hours a week." Says so three hours a week is easy. Yeah. I didn't know what he meant was three hours a week for everything I did for him. And the rest of the time, you're on the show. <laughs> so by the time I figured out the time commitment to have me out in Jersey, Pennsylvania on the, on the show, it was in the fourth episode, I couldn't get off. Yeah. But I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, I said, because it was uh, something different. Uh, the boardrooms were always different. You never knew what was going to happen in the, in the boardroom. And it, to find, me, I found it exciting. And... Uh, you know, went on for 10 years, 14 episodes. Yeah. And uh, to get the recognition, I could walk in an airport and somebody say, hi, George, how are you? And I say, how do you know me? Yeah, it was great for me. For me. Yeah. You understand? At this point, being a lawyer for 60 years, nobody cared. Giving a law pro a professor at NYU for 20 years, nobody cared. You get on the show, you fire some nice young kids, and wow, there's George. <laughs> I never realized the power of television. Yeah, isn't it crazy? Never. Wow. Even though I was involved with radio, never realized the power of television. Yeah. Until you go, until you, you get in it, and to me, yes, it was a total fluke. So. Well, and it seems like a, a lot of the things that happen in your life happen kind of by accident. They weren't things Most you set off to do. Yeah. No, no, it's just my whole life is. A, I was going to be an engineer, right? And I was going to go to MIT. My father died when I was sixteen from a heart attack that took care of that. So I couldn't that. So I had to join the army so I could go to college, and then I decided to go to law school and ended up in real estate. Well, it's a total fluke. I mean, a total, not a fluke, it's just a series of events that took place that were unplanned. So, after all these years, what advice do you have for someone maybe getting started in real estate now, looking at uh, either as a big part-time to invest in or, or as a career? What, yeah. uh, what might you have to say? Well, I would say deal with somebody who knows what they're doing. Get an expert. Get somebody who's got good advice. 
You want to buy real? You want to suppose now you wanted to buy apartment house or you want to buy houses at this point. I would go into this point to the best real estate broker yeah. in the city and say, "Look, I'm going to be the biggest client you ever had. I'm not now, but if you treat me right, I'm going to be the biggest client that you ever had." Here's what I'm thinking of: I'm thinking of buying one-family houses, building them up, and flipping them. Can you help me with that? Yes. Uh, or what? Or I'm planning on buying three or three, uh, four family units or whatever, or shopping, whatever it is. Once you do that, the broker smells money. You don't have it. You don't have to show me your bank account. Right. But if you're looking at these transactions, he's, oh, this is a client I would like to have. They'll knock their brains out for you. Yeah. Now, you take that information and run it through, you analyze it, then you go to the second best real estate broker. And you say to him, here's what I'd like. I'd like to buy one-family houses, and I'd like to be in this district. And the second one says, no, I wouldn't do that. Well, I think it's good, because you're using the information you got from the first guy. Right, right. Now, all of a sudden, you become knowledgeable. Yeah. Became knowledgeable because of what you heard. And you tell the guy the same thing, and we're going to be the best, the best client you ever had. And before you know it, you've got a reputation. And if you have money, it works. If not, you've you got to start a track record somewhere and build up a, a, a following that will go and back you to know what you're doing. But it's slow. And a lot of folks that uh, listen to our program actually get to the point where they're fully deployed. Maybe they're Fannie and Freddie out. They have all the loans they can get. Yep. They run out of their own resources, but they want to do more deals. So they're interested in you know real estate syndication, yeah, putting together sure. bigger deals, which of course is a lot of the ways deals get Absolutely. done. What, the, what advice might you have for those folks? What you, ha what you, you have to do is, you ha first of all, you have to have some kind of a website yep. that you build up that you do it. You have to have a, a portfolio that you say, this is what I did. You have to run some real numbers. And you have to present something that looks very attractive in a brochure or what have you, because people love brochures. Yep. And they say, this is what it is, and this is on here, at this point I made millions of dollars or whatever, and get somebody to speak on your behalf, especially if it's some kind of a celebrity who says, I'm a, I went in with, uh, with Joe and he made a pot full of money, for, whatever it is, and build your credibility. Yeah. And you only have to do it the first time, but in order to do it, you've got to start somewhere with your own money. Right. So I always say to people, if you got a house, yeah, good. Do you have a mortgage? Yeah. Borrow as much as you can for as long as you can. And take that as your, your starting point. Because if you go in a transaction, you tell the people, I'll be in the transaction, how much money you got in? Nothing. They don't want you. Right. But if you got, you got something of your own, and you got, it, you got a stake in the, in the pot, they believe you incredibly. And then once it goes... You got to deliver, and you have to you have to talk to them. Yeah. You have to con convince them so that they're satisfied. Even when things go bad, don't be afraid to tell somebody. But hey, I thought it was going to go up. It didn't go up. I thought it was going to be over. It didn't happen. They like that, the communication. Sure. Usually, the, the the people who are in the transaction will only tell them when it's good. They don't want to tell them when it's bad. They're embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed. If you haven't failed, you haven't lived. Yeah. So that's real estate. So if, in fact, you know what you started out, where you, where you started out, where you wanted to be at a certain point of time, and then you track it along the way, if you have enough money backing to last that point in time or longer, you'll outride the cycle. Yeah. And if you outride, the real estate goes in cycles. It will always go up. Not every bit of real estate in, not every area or not. It's unique. Two buildings could be unique that are side by side. 
but they're different. Some will be good, some are not. But as long as you, you, you know to, what you're pointing out for, what you're looking out for, and your smart trends, yeah, you're going to do well. I don't know any other business where uh, you can be so successful over a period of time. It has such staying power. Good stuff. Hey, coming up in uh, a few short months, you're going to be doing an event in New York City that actually is going to take place at the site of the former Commodore Hotel. Yeah. So uh, that's going to be kind of neat, right? Tell us about that event and what you're going to be talking about. Well, what are we talking about? You got, I can talk about real estate. I can talk about negotiation. I can talk about the things that I've done, things that others have done. What's the most unusual deal you ever saw? And, uh, hey, you know, I'm, I still teach. I still teach at a college. So now I still teach at a college. So whatever it is that will give some added inducement to people in the audience to think of something they might not ordinarily do or, or be concerned about. They get afraid of uh, this. I find that most people say, yeah, that's a great idea, but they'll never do it. If you never do it, what are you going to the, to the event for? Right. If you haven't got the courage to try, go somewhere else. You don't want to. You don't want to be careful. Buy bonds. Buy bonds. You know this. this but you want to be successful. You got to. You put your feet in the water and go. There you go. Well, good stuff. When we come back, we're going to tell you all about the event. George is going to be speaking in New York City, and you're going to have a chance to come meet this man and ask him a question personally. Anyone. Anything. Anything they want to ask. All right. Good stuff. George Ross, thank you so much for your time today. You're welcome. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys Radio Program. More with the back. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Need help with your real estate investment portfolio? Check out the resources page at realestateguysradio.com. If you love real estate and have always wanted to own your own business, listen up. The Real Estate Guys and their panel of experts want to teach you how to go full-time fast in the real estate syndication business. These next few years may go down in history as one of the best times ever to acquire investment real estate. There are deals everywhere if you know where to look and how to assemble the resources. The Secrets of Successful Syndication Seminar will show you how to make big money doing big deals from a team of experts that have syndicated projects totaling more than $1 billion. Don't wait for someone to give you a raise or create a job for you. Attend the secrets of successful syndication and learn how to build a team, raise capital, find deals, and make full-time money in six months or less. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click on events. All the big players use syndication as a way to diversify risk, optimize profits, and earn big money. You can too. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click on events. Hi, this is Anthony Mercury from Hotel Impossible, and you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. Thanks for tuning into the show. Tell a friend about The Real Estate Guys. Oh, my goodness, what a powerhouse, George Ross. He really is. And, you know, you I mean, you think, I mean, anybody 88 years old, I don't care what profession or anything, you know, you're talking to somebody 88 years old, they have seen so much. I think back, my grandfather, uh, I think when he passed away, he was 96 years old. Wow. You know, this is a guy that had seen um, a chunk of the Depression, had seen World War II, Korean War, the nuclear threat, the assassination of President Kennedy, landing a man on the moon, the removal of the gold standard, you know, the fall down of Bretton Woods, uh, the, the hyperinflation, the high interest rates of the 70s, you know, the stagnation. And you, you know, on the Vietnam War, you go on and on and on the things that these people have seen in their lifetimes. And, you know, as a young person, a younger person, you know, especially earlier in my life, I'm kind of moving towards the older side of the things now, <laughs> but you don't have that perspective and whatever's facing you is 
like, oh my God, it's the end of the world. There's this, there's that. And these guys that have been around see things and they pick up these little pearls of wisdom. And what I've experienced when I listen to these guys is it's not that they say anything that is really complex or really deep in terms of complexity to understand. They're simple. It's so simple. It's like hanging out with Kenny McElroy. He will say something that just in passing and you're like, oh, wow. And so listening to George speak, you're just hearing just the, the wisdom that comes from having been around the block, not once, but 700 plus times, you know, 40 years doing some of the biggest deals in one of the great real estate marketplaces uh, in New York City and, and the war stories and the wisdom that comes out of those war stories. Boy, any opportunity you get a chance to sit at the feet of somebody like that, uh, you have to go back. I would listen to this episode like two and three and four times and go back and listen to the things that George said and really try to understand where where he's coming from because these these pearls of wisdom don't come just from they're not superficial they they come from deep experiences and they they bubble up into a simple little phrase and you're like wow there's a lot there let me understand how i can relate that to my own life and my own experiences well the wisdom he has is amazing his book of knowledge i mean there hasn't been any kind of a real estate issue surrounding a property in new york that he hasn't seen at some point in his career we had the great honor after the uh, interview to uh, sit and talk with George for another hour and the stories are immense I'll tell you what you want to get around this guy and you're going to have a chance to do that our friend Victor Minash who we're actually going to have on the show in a couple of weeks because he is a great real estate developer and friend he uh, introduced us to George he's doing an event in New York City uh, called the New York Capital Summit this is for folks who are looking to put capital to work or to raise capital and it's really not the same as uh, like say our syndication event where we talk about you know all the legal structure and deal finding and all that this is really focused on that placement of capital part of it, uh, but he's got some amazing speakers, including George Ross, and uh, he's done a really cool thing. Victor, over the years, has had an opportunity to get on phone calls with George when he's had an issue around real estate, and with George's permission, has taped a lot of these, and he's put together a couple of these really cool calls that you can uh, kind of listen in on, and I think you're really going to enjoy that. If you're interested in hearing these private real estate calls where George is giving his advice to Victor, uh, uh, all you have to do is send us an email to george at realestateguysradio.com, george at realestateguysradio.com. You can hear some more insight into George Ross and the way his mind works, and we'll tell you all about the event coming up in September in New York City. Thank goodness for technology. I mean, just the ability to capture those intimate conversations, those pearls of wisdom, and then to share them with a broad-based audience for virtually no expense. I mean, it, it's amazing to be able to be alive at this time and to be able to capture some of that wisdom and, and access it. So I've definitely take advantage of that. All right, good stuff. Well, big thanks to George Ross for sharing his time with us and to Victor Minaj for making the introduction. Oh my gosh, next week we have an amazing show for you. Gentlemen, we've been trying to get on the show for over a year. Chris Martinson will be with us and the founder of Agora Financial billionaire Bill Bonner will be on the show next week. You're going to love it. Until then, go out and make some equity happen. This episode of the Real Estate Guys radio show is brought to you by Paradigm Life. Powerful cash management strategies using life insurance. Learn more at beyourbank.com. Mid South Home Buyers, low cost, turnkey cash flow properties in Memphis, Tennessee. Corporate Direct, asset protection strategies for real estate investors from attorney and rich dad advisor Garrett Sutton. 
Find these and other great companies under the Resources tab at realestateguysradio.com. To learn how you can expose your product or service to the Real Estate Guys audience, call 888-489-7723, extension 4. That's 888-489-7723, extension 4. Or use the feedback page at realestateguysradio.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week right here on the Real Estate Guys Radio Show.